Let's take a look here at B.J. Riddell's DFS lineup. And just here in a few moments, we'll be joined by Pro Football Network fantasy analyst Tommy Garrett as he'll go in depth with his DFS lineup as well. So looking forward to getting Tommy in here in just a few moments for that. But for what B.J. had sent over to us today, looking at his lineup, I think it's very intriguing when you look at a FanDuel 50-50 contest. There's a wide variety of DFS sites that you can utilize. But for him, he's going heavily in on a lineup of Matthew Stafford at $16,500. Debo Samuel, the 49ers, for $14,000. Odell Beckham Jr. for $10,500. Brandon Ayuk for $9,500. And Matt Gay, the kicker, for $9,500 as well. I mean, when you factor in that you're limited here, we're, we're kind of constricting it to NFC Championship games. So specific matchups, DFS lineups for a LA Rams standpoint and San Francisco 49ers standpoint, this is a really good one here because I feel like it'd be very risky at this point to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. And obviously here in just a couple moments, I'll get Tommy Garrett's thoughts on the subject matter as well. But Matthew Stafford obviously playing really well right now in the NFL playoffs. He had that first hump where you have to get past the wild card round. You have to get your first playoff win in your career. He did just that with a dominant performance against the Arizona Cardinals. And then what we saw last week on the road against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, not an easy task there being able to outlast Tom Brady a little bit, but playing efficient football there with Cooper Cup and not to mention Odell Beckham Jr., who BJ does have in the lineup there. He got for $10,500. So the connection there, and obviously when you look at it from a DFS standpoint, if you have Matthew Stafford who's throwing a lot to a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. or you have a couple touchdown catches, touchdown passes, it just amplifies and stacks onto that performance there. Now looking at the 49ers side of things, I think it's interesting enough here with obviously Debo Samuel. When you talk about a overall fantasy impact, DFS impact, he gets you receiving yards. He gets you rushing yards. Heck, this might even be the week we see him throw a pass, and maybe it's a touchdown pass. You could get the trifecta there. But outside of that, I think just the volume that Debo Samuel has inside the slot as a receiver, the catch opportunities he's going to have, not to mention when you bring him on motion, jet sweep, or you put him in the backfield as a running back. He's able to hit that that hole initially, see the cutback lane, take it, and obviously make advantage there. He is a weapon right there. So having him in your lineup in a DFS FanDuel 50-50 contest is impactful as is there. So looking at that, and then Brandon Ayuk, I think, is a little bit of a wild card factor out of BJ's lineup here, just because of the fact that what Jimmy Garoppolo are you going to get? Now, Brandon Ayuk, I think we can go back a couple weeks ago when they took on the Dallas Cowboys for the 49ers there. A great double move that burnt Trayvon Diggs, and Jimmy Garoppolo missed him. When I look at Brandon Ayuk, he's been a guy that has been able to work his way out of Kyle Shanahan's doghouse early on in the season and now has a prominent role. He will have a big impact in this game if, in fact, Jimmy Garoppolo can go to him. Now, I want to go back to last week's game against the Green Bay Packers. When you look at Jimmy G, he started off 0-4, and he could not connect with anybody. They had negative 10 yards of offense after the first quarter alone there, but looking at some drop issues, ball placement by Jimmy G., we have to keep in mind that he's still dealing with that injury. He's got a, sh a shoulder strain. He's also still has that thumb injury that is a, a torn ligament and a chip bone. That right there is a, is a hard thing to overcome, especially when you have to grip a football and it impacts your velocity, impacts maybe your ball placement there. And when you factor in pressure, which look, you're going to have Aaron Donald, you can have Leonard Floyd, you're going to have Von Miller after you. I feel like if you're trying to bank on a wide receiver outside of Debo Samuel for the San Francisco 49ers, that right there is a brutal, brutal thing to have to try to counteract and to come back for. So maybe Brandon Ayuk can be the X-Factor guy. And maybe it's just coming up simply big when you need it. Let's say that he has one one catch and it's one touchdown inside the red zone. That right there can, can help propel you up a little bit. And obviously, if you have the ties that bind there, uh, you know, with Matthew Stafford, OBJ, if those guys have a big game here, if you go with BJ's lineup, 
that is interesting enough. So I'm going to give you BJ's lineup one more time. It's Matthew Stafford at 16,500 bucks. Debo Samuel at 14,000. Odell Beckham Jr. at 10,500. Brandon Ayuk at 9,500. And Matt Gay at 9,500 as well. And for Matt Gay, he did appear on the Pat McAfee show early on in this week. And they talked about his short field goal. He kicked it and landed short. And he said that he knew immediately once he hooked it that something was off and that he's going to redeem himself for the brand here this week. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick commercial break coming up here in just a moment. We're going to be joined by Pro Football Network's fantasy analyst, Tommy Garrett, to talk about his DFS lineup for the AFC Championship game, Cincinnati Bengals, Kansas City Chiefs. You're going to get that coming up here in just a moment. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, here at Pro Football Network Weekly, going over the DFS lineups. We're going to focus now on the AFC Championship game side. And look, I already told you all. I previewed it. I teased it. Tommy Garrett's lineup right here with $100 remaining is spicy. So now we're going to bring on Tommy Tommy Garrett to be able to bring him on here today to talk about his picks. And ladies and gentlemen, I highly encourage you to listen closely because when I was looking at this lineup, Tommy, I just couldn't help but think of like, okay, I'm going to put some money down on this because this right here, when you talk about impact players and guys that are going to absolutely leave their footprint on this game, this is a fantastic lineup, my friend. So let's break it down. How you doing? First off and foremost, great to see you. Dude, I'm good. It's been a while. Um, it's weird. It's actually like it's snowing for the first time all year. So I'm trying to remember what this looks like this time of year. So it's kind of nice. Like it's football season. The championships are about to come to the championship weekends finally on. So it's like it finally feels right around my area, which is kind of a nice thing. So it's it's a great weekend. I know when uh, we were kind of divvying out the games this week where BJ kind of took the NFC, I was like, I'm, I was more than happy taking the AFC side because I think that's probably going to be the more exciting game from an offensive standpoint uh, for DFS. I know it's got the highest spread and the highest over over in this one. Uh, so for me, I'm kind of all in on this one. I really went star heavy you kind of saw so uh but weirdly enough we kind of managed to squeeze it in DraftKings was pretty good to us this postseason kind of altered the way these guys uh they're priced uh so we can kind of get a lot of these bigger name guys we probably normally wouldn't be able to fit in here and it was a regular season game so in a DraftKings lineup what is your salary what are you granted at first because you had a hundred dollars left over remaining which yeah. I think for you to be able to maneuver the star power in which you did which we're going to get to here in a moment ladies and gentlemen I think is very incredible yeah, um, on DraftKings, it's uh, 50,000. Okay. Let me just double check. Yeah, it's 50,000. Uh, so you kind of get your average going to be like around 5,500. So it's, you kind of, as you fill that out, you kind of see, okay, I've got this little bit left in this. So you got to find where you can try to save a little bit of money. Um, I did it in the flex spot. Um, but if you kind of look at this, I think the heavy hitters are probably going to be able to carry this team enough. You're kind of hoping, okay, if the it's going to be a heavy pass game, negative game script for the Bengals, I'm probably going to go all in on some of their pass catchers, and that's kind of the way this one kind of shaped, kind of shaped out. Well, let's start things off. Let's take a look at your quarterback here on a DraftKings lineup in DFS format for the AFC Championship game. If you're trying to fill out an AFC Championship lineup, you start off here with no other than Patrick Mahomes, obviously coming in at $7,400. You know, I, I think that when you look at Joe Burrow and Patrick Mahomes, I think what we've seen from Patrick Mahomes so far in the NFL playoffs, I think it's easier to go with him than Joe Burrow at this mm -hmm. point, just because of the fact that Joe Burrow has taken a lot of sacks. He's taken a lot of hits, despite the fact that he's got weapons. But as Kanata had pointed out earlier, you look at all the weapons that Kansas City has. I mean, anybody yeah. can eat at any moment. And the catalyst to be able to do that is Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, and you kind of nailed it with, uh, you can go one of two ways. You either go with a Bengals stack and go with the Chiefs stack. It's probably going to be the two most popular things this week, unless you're trying to do like a, you know, Cooper Cup and uh, Matthew Stafford. Look on the AFC side, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Um, I think the Bengals one does make a lot. It's probably going to be one of the more popular ones. My concern, obviously, we saw last week, it's the offensive line. Um, for as great as Jamar Chase is, without question, there's no denying it was a fantastic pick. Um, but the offensive line is always going to be an issue until they fix it. Uh, I was kind of looking into a little bit more. So not just did he have the nine sacks last week, but 
if Joe Burrow, if he holds on the ball between less than, you know, less than three seconds, he's within plus or minus one percentage point of the league average. Three, uh, three seconds or more, the pressure rate's 55%, which is almost 16% higher than the league average. And the sack rate is almost 11% higher at 22.5%. Uh, so for me, if I'm expecting a little bit of pressure coming towards the uh, Joe Burrow from from that uh, Bengals front line, I instantly I'm going to fade and go over towards Patrick Holmes. And I think he just probably has the higher ceiling. Um, a big thing about this, we kind of look back towards the Week 17 game. Um, this is a home game now, so we kind of have to look at how Patrick Holmes and Kansas City Chiefs play when they're at home. It's incredible because he's been in the league hardly any time, but he already has eight home playoff games, which is somewhat <laughs> staggering in those games. 318 yards is his average with 23 touchdowns and one interception. Wow. Um, you look at his two games so far this season, 782 yards, eight touchdowns, one pick. He's also added in 98 yards rushing and a touchdown so far. Um, after that holy like four and four, the Chiefs are dead. What's going on with this team? They've gone on a 10 and one run uh, since then. We know how good this team can be, even in that kind of like down game against the Chiefs, which might end up costing them the number one seed if we look back at it. You know, 262 yards, uh, sorry, 260 yards, two touchdowns. If for me, if I'm going for the heavy hitters in this one, I'm going for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think they have the higher upside. So for me, Patrick Mahomes, he's very much worth the uh, the up pay in in DFS. Well, you know, as much as it pains me to to say here about Kansas City, I I think they're going right. to win. As much as I'd like the Bengals to win, there's a little bit of karma coming Eli Apple's way. Eli Apple wanted to go on Twitter and roast everybody, talk smack about everybody, Sean Payton, the Saints, New Orleans, the fan bases, and yeah. just things like that. I think that uh. Patrick Mahomes is probably going to go his way a little bit. He and Cheeto Bayouzi, which, you know, unfortunately for Cheeto, you know, I've been a big fan of him since his time at CU as a buff, but, you know, some of the matchups he's going to draw, I don't think yeah. bode well, especially if you can't get a pre- pass rush pressure on Mahomes, he's going to extend plays, which does not bode well here for the Cincinnati yep. Bengals. So I, I love your pick here of Patrick Mahomes, but let's go to your running back pick here. I mean, obviously a dog here. You got Joe Mixon for the value of 6,800 bucks. And when you factor in going against the yeah. Chiefs defense, which, at the beginning part of the year, they really struggled against the run. They've buckled down. They've gotten better, but it's Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon after contact is incredible. We saw that against the Tennessee Titans last week. Yeah, the big thing with Joe Mixon, it's, his efficiency kind of lacks sometimes, but the volume is what we've always wanted to see out of him. We know the type of rusher he can be. It's the reason he got that extension with the Bengals. They believe in him. Um, it was health was a big part of it. We want to see that receiving game. Uh, but look at this season, averaging 18.8 touches per game. That's including the playoffs. 17 touchdowns in 18 games so far this season. That right there is what we're looking for. Touchdowns are always very hard to predict sometimes, but I'm looking at that volume, and I absolutely love that. Like I said, if we talk about the receiving upside, 17 catches on 20 targets in his last three games. Um, the issue is like it's the rushing upside. That's kind of been the only little lackluster part of his game. He hasn't topped 65 yards uh, since week 12. But for me, I'm kind of looking at this more in terms of the the receiving ability. They do have some AJP, Ryan. You also have Chris Evans, but they don't get a lot of work in this game. Um, it's not like they have Giovanni Bernard still in this I offense who was kind of coming back in and working <laughs> that pass catcher role. What we're seeing him do right now in Tampa, with what he was doing in Tampa Bay, I guess I should clarify that. Um, but he's not necessarily taking those catches away from Joe Mixon. Um, we know there's going to be a vertical attack. Like, we know that. But those dump-offs are always going to be there. And in DraftKings, we're a PPR-style format where you're really kind of wanting that passing, up, that receiving upside. Joe Mixon, he's the most expensive one by about $900 on this one at $6,800. It's, the problem is, like, there's not a lot of great running backs this week. Like, it kind of is what it is. Like, these past couple weeks, like, it's either a good running back and a bad matchup or just lackluster running backs all around. 
Um, even if you go look on the uh, in it, on the NFC side of things, I mean, you've got Elijah Mitchell going against the Los Angeles Rams uh, run defense, and you have Cam Akers going against the 49ers, who have one of the best run fits in the NFL, which I don't think gets talked about enough. Like, we talk about how they stop guys, but the run fit of the, the uh, San Francisco 49ers, that's what shut down the Green Bay Packers and made them one-dimensional. So, like, even Cam Akers slightly worries me. So, from this one, like, I just kind of lean towards Joe Mixon as the better play as as the most talented running back in this one. Although, like I said, I don't love any of the running backs, but I think a lot of lines are probably going to have Joe Mixon in it. On the other side of the fence here for uh, the Cincinnati Bengals-Kansas City Chiefs match, I mean, going back as well, you mentioned Samaji Pira. I was disappointed last week because that one pass that literally off of his fingertips intercepted, I was like, Samaji, come on, you're killing me, man. And yet that stat still goes against Joe Burrow. I know. And that's the unfortunate thing about how stats are kept here in the NFL. That should be an interception on behalf of the running back or the wide receiver. They need to start making that thing. I, I, I'm i on the campaign for that. Well, we'll continue on here, ladies and gentlemen, today's episode of Pro Football Network Weekly, going through the AFC Championship Weekend DFS lineup with DraftKings. We talked about Joe Mixon. Now we're going to talk about Jarek McKinnon, $5,100 value here for the Kansas City Chiefs and for DFS players. And I tell you what, Jarek McKinnon, we talk about a guy that's just been inserted into a role with that offense. I mean, he is spectacular. Jet sweeps in the backfield as a receiver. I mean, the opportunities are endless here for the Chiefs here, which I, it really makes me wonder. I mean, when you look at him versus a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, I feel like I'd roll into the hot hand right now with Jarek McKinnon. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Like, the Chiefs' backfield's a mess. Uh, it has been all year. Like, we can kind of go back and debate how bad of a pick that was on a state Clyde Edwards layer in the first round. Like, it probably shouldn't have been there because he can't cash the ball in when it's inside the red zone. It was a problem when he was a rookie. It's kind of carried over in this season. So we kind of get this muddy cluster that's going on right now between him. You had Darrell Williams at one point. Now you got Jared yeah. McKinnon here as well. Like, McKinnon has always kind of had this flashy receiving ability, and that's what we've all kind of seen. He kind of brought that into to, uh, Kansas City this year. Um, granted, last week was we kind of saw Clyde Wizzler come back, been dealing with a shoulder injury, so they kind of a little slower to bring him back, but the snaps and just the utilization of Jared McKinnon kind of can't be overlooked. Outsnap Clyde Wizzler, 52-23, to 23, uh, also ran 38-12 t- to 12 in the routes, 7-2 to in the targets, 10-7 to 7 in the rushes. Granted, Clyde Edwards-Alaire was more effective. He was more efficient with those carries. Seven for 60 uh, versus 10 for 24. Um, for me, it's I kind of look at McKinnon's last three games. You know, 27 rushes, 109 yards, 14 receptions for another 162 and two touchdowns. For me, I'm looking at passing game utilization. Kind of like we talk about with the upside of, of Joe Mixon. I kind of look as Jarek McKinnon being that, you know, if you're in the two-minute warning, if you're in the passing down situation, if you're on third down, like that's where McKinnon's going to sub in and he's going to see the majority of that game. Like this is a game where we're very much expecting, obviously, the passing games to be on full display on this one. And so I kind of like McKinnon, especially in this matchup. The Bengals this year allowed the fifth most receptions and the sixth most passing yards to uh, to running back so far this year. So in terms of matchups, I think McKinnon makes a little bit more sense. At 5,100, he's just a little bit cheaper than Clyde Edwards-Alaire, um, but I think he probably brings a little bit more upside game. You're getting a full point per reception. Well, let's take a look at the wide receiver unit now because it's absolutely stacked. We'll take a look yeah, at all this three. This is the fun part. You have Tyreek Hill as one. You have Jamar yep. Chase. You yep. have Tyler Boyd. Now, Tyreek Hill comes in at a value of $7,000. Jamar Chase coming in at a value of 6700 and Tyler Boyd at 4200 I mean, I, I'd say that this is a fantastic trio if you're hoping and, and praying that the game goes how we think it will. Yeah, I mean, th- there's not a lot to say about some of these guys that we don't already know. Like, we, we can only beat this horse so many times. I mean, Tyreek Hill last week, 11 for 150 and a touchdown. Plus, he gave the deuces to the dude who was actually ahead of him. Like, that's one of the most insulting things I think I've ever seen. Apparently, on taunting field. is only subjective now. I mean, that that right there, I feel like the NFL, their definition, I was like, okay, they're not going to call taunting there. All right. 
I was so glad, honestly, the ref swallowed the whistle. Like, that's one of those moments. Like, have a little bit of context and situational awareness. Like, don't call it on that one. But, I mean, like, they did back in what was, like, the Super Bowl uh, when he did when he did it to the Tyreek Hill in the end zone. So, I mean, <laughs> I, just don't do it then. I'm cool with it. Um, like, the last time these guys played, like, we've all kind of been over these stats, six for 40. Uh, he sure probably should have had more. Uh, he could have had that 65-yard touchdown right before the halftime. It's the upside of Tyreek Hill. If I'm going Patrick Mahomes, I'm stacking his top pass catchers. And we'll probably get to another one here in a little bit. Um, then Jamar Chase. Look, he went out there and set the rookie receiving record for a single game last time these two teams played. 11 for 262 and three touchdowns on 12 targets. It's kind of incredible what he does. It's everything that he specialized in at LSU he's still using that and it's working in the NFL. Like yeah. a lot of times, like these guys come in like, okay, how is that going to translate? Cause he was a very physical player off the line. Like he loved to fight a cornerback. If he came up and pressed man against him, he's doing that now, but he's still winning uh, for a guy who took a year off. It's kind of incredible. Um, so it's maybe last week, you know, five for one Oh nine against the Titans gone over a hundred yards and four of his last five. The only game that he didn't wasn't week 18 or only played on five snaps. Like they already locked up the division. There was nothing else to do. Um, the big, the uh, Chiefs secondary, they've gotten better. Like you talked about earlier in, in this episode, where Tyron Matthews is probably going to play in this one, uh, come back from probably going to cl- clear concussion protocol. So we're going to be seeing a solid um, Chiefs secondary. But granted, this is the Chiefs secondary that was healthy in week 17 as well. Um, my thing is like um, Spagnola and Andy Reid, like these guys have been around long enough to where you're not going to see this massive of a game. But in terms of the Bengals players upside, no one has more upside in the passing game than uh, Jamar Chase. Um, and then also in that one too, like if I'm going to look at the Chiefs guys, I got to pull on the Cincinnati one. I got to look who's going to be the secondary player on that one. I want to take a shot on Tyler Boyd just because I simply can't afford uh, T. Higgins. That's kind of the big <laughs> thing of this one. Uh, came into last week with touchdowns in four straight games, then kind of throws up that dud. Uh, two for 17 yards, average 5.7 yards per target. Uh, yard, I'm sorry, 5.7 targets per season this year. I don't love his matchup against Legereus Sneed in the slot. Like he's been very solid this season. Uh, go back to week 17. I mean, he didn't have four for 36. It was the touchdown that kind of saved his uh, saved his performance. Yeah. If you don't want to go Tyler Boyd, you can actually, with this lineup, you can still afford to go with someone like Byron Pringle. He's actually a little bit cheaper than Tyler Boyd. And over these last five games, 24 for 232 and five touchdowns and been the Chiefs' top touchdown scorer. So if you want to kind of pivot off Tyler Boyd, Brian Pringle actually fits in this one. And you're just going heavy on the Chiefs at this point. Um, but I think if you want to add in a couple more uh, Bengals players that I think Tyler Boyd makes a little bit of sense because you're dropping down in a price range we can actually afford. Well, let's go to the tight end position. Now you got Travis Kelsey, right? I mean, I'm telling you, we're talking star studded lineup here. Sixty. That's what we're doing. Dollars here. I mean, you have Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. I mean, that is the trio that we see consistently yeah. produce when we talk about volume impact, and the majority of the offensive production comes from these three players. Tell you what, show me the money. That's that's all it is. I mean, if you're going to go Patrick Mahomes, like you can make a case half the time where you go Patrick Mahomes, you only go Travis Kelsey, and you avoid Tyreek Hill, save the money on the receivers, and pay up for the other teams. I mean, you can make a lot of case for that. Just because I got greedy, I can afford both of them. So I said, screw it. I'm going to do it. Um, but on this, yeah, Patrick, uh, Ty, it's uh, Travis Kelsey, 11 touchdowns this season, including the playoffs against the Steelers, five for 108 and a touchdown last week against the Bill. I mean, sorry, a couple weeks ago against the Bills, nine for 86 and a touchdown. Um, then also like last week, we kind of like orchestrated that drive with uh, Patrick Mahomes. But sure, we've all seen the film where it's come out from the NFL where he was kind of telling uh, Tyreek Hill, play inside. I can kind of block you for you a little bit. And then telling uh, Patrick Mahomes, hey, that seam route's going to be open. That's that chemistry you get where you've played with someone for so long and you have the talent to pull that off. And it's a great matchup too. The Cincinnati Bengals have allowed the fourth high, uh, fourth highest reception total and the fifth highest yardage total so far to tight ends this year. So like there's 
There's no reason not to have Travis Kelsey in the lineup at 6,500. It's the cheapest he has been all season. Uh, so for me, it's pretty much a no-brainer on this one. He was always going to be in this one, whether I went with the Bengals stack, whether I went with the, the Chiefs stack. Even if you're playing both lineups, playing both weekends, like Travis Kelsey is kind of the lock at the tight end position. It's pretty much that way every single week whenever he's available. Well, I was go with the flex player. Now, obviously, I think a lot of people will be putting Debo as a flex in, in that, but we're focusing here on the AFC Championship yeah. game. You have CJ Uzama at $3,400. Now, Uzama, I felt like at the very beginning of the season, had such an impact in the offensive game plan. We've started to see that production dip just a tiny bit, but when you do go to him and you design these chip releases to the flats or these sit routes where you get him across the field, he yep. does damage. He picks up first downs. I, I kind of like this as a, as a flex option here. You, talk, you kind of hit on it. Like his utilization in the offense, he's not just used as, okay, I'm just going to run a seam right here. Just let him go, try to find that little soft zone between the, the linebacker and that deep safety. Because you are going, you know they're going to play deep trying to cover against Jamar Chase. So yeah. it kind of opens up some softer zones inside the inside the defense. But it's the way he kind of gets used around the offense, and they actually motion him out a, quite a bit because this offense still uses a lot of spread concepts, which kind of helped uh, Joe Burrow transition in the NFL with an offense that we was very familiar with. Um, so you kind of see, that's why you've seen uh, CJ Uzoma kind of get moved around more and more last week, you know, seven, uh, seven receptions on eight targets, 71 yards against the chiefs. Didn't have a great game four for 32, but that's kind of what happens with tight ends. Like they're not always the most consistent players, unless you're paying up for a, for a, a Travis Kelsey and you're getting that type of production um, in the two playoffs games, though, so far this season, you know, 13 receptions, 135 yards and a touchdown on 14 targets. Um, so I'm kind of looking at the utilization. Like there's not a lot of options. Like I was out of money here. Let's be honest. So I kind of <laughs> got to do what I got to do on this one. Uh, so for me, CJ Uzama, like he kind of fits that negative game script. Um, I kind of went into this with the Cincinnati Bengals. And so with him fitting in there, given the way he gets used in this offense, I think the targets are there. Maybe some sneaky touchdown upside if they get in close. Like they're probably going to have a hard time punching in at times. So I think CJ Uzama for a flex play. And the D- and when you're in the playoffs and you're doing like a single game slate, you can kind of break a few of the rules and running double tight ends is kind of one of those. I did it a couple weeks ago when I ran with Dallas Goddard in a double stack at tight end. I think CJ Uzama, this one kind of makes a little bit sense too. And I remember that lineup. Dallas Goddard actually performed really well, and that yeah. helped out any big yeah, time. Yeah, worked out Wait, really well on that one. Kind of a wild card factor here. Obviously, and he could have had a way better defenses. game too, by the way, if it wasn't for all those drops and mass missed passes. And interceptions and missed opportunities to have an offense on the field there by Jalen Hurts. Unfortunately, first round yeah. exit for the Eagles, but kind of a wild card here for defense special teams. You got the 49ers. Therefore, their special teams unit has come up clutch. You talk about Robbie Gould. You talk about them punt blocking, returning touchdowns yeah. back, but you also talk about that defense. We've talked about D'Amico Ryan's the amazing job that he has done so far this season. What they were able to do last week against the run game with A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones. I mean, obviously, A.J. Dillon leaving with an injury definitely impacts Absolutely. your ability to run the game. However, they focus on really just taking away the run, and that's why Aaron Jones had over 100 yards receiving. So going with the 49ers defense, I think, it probably is going to be the smartest play of the week here out of both matchups here. I like the 49ers in that regard. It's like we kind of talk about this. We're, we've been basing this all off of a AFC game, but the problem is I don't really want to go for any one of these uh, defenses. Um, the Chiefs and the Bengals were expecting them to kind of give up points. Um, you can afford in this one if you're only treating this as a single game slate. This will still allow you to afford the Cincinnati Bengals at 2,600. Uh, but for me, I'm paying an additional two dollars to get the uh, St. Louis. Uh, sorry, to get the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, I think their defense probably is one of the obviously most elite ones right now left in the NFL. They're an extremely balanced defense as well. They're number two in uh, uh, run defense DVOA, number seven overall. They struggle a little bit against the pass. Um, and you're going up against a Rams defense where obviously, we're sorry, Rams offense who like to play like they're playing out of a Madden playbook, just running <laughs> vertical rounds to Cooper <laughs> Cup. And it somehow works uh, with Matthew Stafford under center. So it's, 
it's a little risky at times, but I think in terms of consistency, I love that play. I can't afford the um, the Los Angeles Rams, who we know like, okay, if you stop Jimmy Garoppolo, they're probably not going to do very much. Uh, last week, what was at 131 yards, which was the second time in his career uh, he had thrown for 131 yards in a playoff win. Uh, I believe he's one of 18 quarterbacks to win a divisional round game throwing less than 150 yards, and he's actually done it twice. Uh, so he does the best when he does the least. Uh, I think it's always a 3-0 and uh, in games where he hasn't thrown a touchdown. Uh, so like I said, if you want to go with the Rams, you absolutely can. You can try and probably change it around a little bit, try to try to slide them in there. I normally just don't pay up on a defense. So if I'm not going to do that, give me the 49ers in this one over someone like the Chiefs or the Bengals, who I'm expecting to give up points and yards and bunches. I love it, ladies and gentlemen. Look, this is Tommy Garrett's AFC Championship DFS lineup with DraftKings, a $50,000 limit. Let me tell you how you can have a great lineup that Tommy just talked about with $100 remaining. That is Patrick Mahomes at quarterback, $7,400. Joe Mixon at tailback, $6,800. Jarek McKinnon at $5,100. And then your three wide receiver slate, which is fantastic. Tyreek Hill for 7,000. You have Jamar Chase for 6,700. And then you have Tyler Boyd for 4,200. Then you get to the tight end. Travis Kelsey, unbelievable lineup right here. $6,500. Flex player CJ Uzama of the Bengals at 3,400. And then a little bit of a wild card, a little bit of sprinkle of the salt inside the mix there. You have the defense for the 49ers, $2,800. And with that lineup, you have $100 remaining, ladies and gentlemen. That is efficiency, and that right there I feel like is the best value if you want to win here on AFC, NFC Championship Weekend. Tommy Garrett, my man, always appreciate your insight. As always, you can check out Tommy's work at profootballnetwork.com. Check out all the fantasy content from the DFS standpoint, not to mention you have some really cool things coming up here in the offseason as we take a look at some NFL draft players that could be going to new teams, fantasy impact, player profiles. You get all that. Tommy Garrett, the fantasy team at profootballnetwork.com. Tommy, thank you so much for joining, my friend. Oh, Thank you for having me on as always, bud. 